0: Hi, I'm Brandon Poe, founder of Poe Group Advisors and creator of the Accounting Practice Academy. You are listening to the Accountant's Flight Plan podcast where we talk about stuff in the accounting world. If you're looking to buy or sell a practice, we are the premier accounting practice intermediary firm in the industry. Check us out at poegroupadvisors.com. If you're a firm owner looking to build a more profitable practice while actually reducing owner hours, sign up for our practice management workshop, which only runs a few times per year. Learn more at accountingpracticeacademy.com. All right, welcome to the Accountant's Flight Plan podcast. I'm very excited about our guest today. Uh, He's going to talk to us about cryptocurrency. His name is Shihan Chandrasekara. Did I say that right? Yeah, yeah,
1: that's right.
0: Um, Interestingly, he's one of a handful of CPAs in the country who's recognized as a real-world operator, and a conceptual subject matter expert on cryptocurrency taxation. Uh, he's the head of tax strategy at CoinTracker, partner at, how do you say that, Jack? Yeah, Jack Garguera. Jack Garguera, CPAs. You are a Forbes tax contributor and a CPE instructor who has won various awards, uh, the 2020 and 2019 CPA Practice Advisor 40 Under 40 Accounting Professionals, the, is that the Texas CPA's 2020 Rising Star, uh, Outstanding Young CPA of the Year, and among 21 accountants mentioned on Accounting Today who will be helping shape and reshape accounting in 2020 and beyond. Um, you, you're also a renowned speaker. You've done speaking engagements with many organizations, including Google, Coinbase, uh, Lyft, AICPA, the American Bar Association, and many state C- CPA societies. So, Shihan, welcome to our podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, well, I just before we kind of get started into the questions, uh, I know enough about crypto to be dangerous. I dabble in a little crypto investment myself. Um, I saw a really interesting presentation a few years ago about crypto, where, um, you know, the, the whole life cycle of crypto is probably. This is what this speaker said. It was about a twenty-year, like, like from from original conception to fully seeing the vision of crypto could be a twenty-year cycle. Um, so we'll we'll touch on that maybe today. But um, first, we'd like to get to know you a little bit better. So if you would just tell us a little bit about yourself personally, uh, about your background, and how you chose this really interesting niche part of the industry.
1: Yeah, um, I've, uh, I'm a, obviously CPA. Uh, ever since I got out of school, or you know, worked in public accounting, uh, pretty much, you know, started as an intern and you know made it to the partner uh, within about six seven years. Um, so yeah, in my whole life, I've, I've been in in a public accounting, but but right now, I'm uh, in the intersection between. Accounting and accounting technology products like CoinTracker. So it's a different role, but I'm still in public accounting because I'm still a partner at Jack Argeta. Um, so actually, in the beginning of my career, I was focused uh, more on you know traditional type of industries like construction, you know, real estate, corporate taxes, and etc. Uh, in 2017, um, you know, I, I picked you know cryptocurrency as my niche, and you know, since then I've only focused on cryptocurrency-related taxes and also. Uh, you know, some of the startup related tax issues because people who have cryptocurrency there, you know, tend to be startup employees, you know, they have, you know, stock compensation issues, you know, structuring, etc. So, uh, yeah, I mean, right now, I only focus on, you know, cryptocurrency related tax issues when it comes to personal and business side of things. Um, and, you know, some of these startup related tax issues. Um, that's from my public accounting point of view. Uh, And I'm also with this company called CoinTracker that they're building an accounting uh, or tax system uh, to track cryptocurrency gains and losses. So I'm kind of advising them uh, about the tax laws and how they should build things. Um, Talking to hundreds of accountants every day uh, to understand their pain points, what they're going through when it comes to figuring out cryptocurrency related taxes. So yeah, I wear a bunch of hats. uh, it's really hard to explain in, in few words what exactly I do in, in, in day to day.
0: Yeah, it's such a new, uh, it's such a new and fast growth industry. Like I know, like when I buy crypto, I use um, Coinbase, which I guess is one of the most popular uh, apps for that. And I was wondering, like, how do we? How do they? Do they give me? Is there a way to get a report for taxation at the end of the year through Coinbase? Or is it too new where they haven't thought of that yet? Like, um, yeah. do, you, do you know the answer to that question? I'm just curious yes. about
1: that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, like I said, Coinbase is, is probably, the, you know, the most popular cryptocurrency exchange that the U.S. has. They have roughly 43 million users, according to their S1. They're, you know, planning to go public pretty soon as well. Uh, the problem with crypto exchanges is that uh, they don't give you any tax forms at the end of the year. Uh, like, Think about like, you know, companies like, you know, TD Ameritrade or JP Morgan, you know, you trade your stocks and securities at the end of the year, you get this, you know, nice form 1099-B, all you had to do is, you know, transfer that information to the tax return to calculate your taxes. But in the crypto world, uh, it doesn't happen. Um, like, for example, Coinbase, they stopped issuing like any type of tax forms for your trading activity in 2020. Uh, so in that case, you're going to need like some some tools, for example, like CoinTracker to kind of figure out your cost basis, your sales, and your gains and losses, uh, because these transactions are complicated, and especially if you you know have your cryptocurrency spread across like in you know, multiple exchanges, it's really hard for you to keep track of all these things manually. Um, so yeah, to, to answer your question in a simple way, the Coinbase does not issue any tax forms uh, for 2020 if you have any trading activity, and it becomes your responsibility to figure out the gains and losses.
0: Interesting. So that's where the Coin Tracker comes in. Now, now is that an integrated application? Does it integrate with these so that you don't have to, like, have a, you know, it, you're not having to actively track your, your sales and purchases?
1: Yeah, so the CoinTracker has a direct integration with Coinbase. So if you go to Coinbase desktop app in the tax center, if you just click CoinTracker button, like all that information gets transported into CoinTracker and then the CoinTracker gives you all the tax forms, which are the Form 89.49 and and Schedule D. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, So
0: just from a high level, I know we've kind of touched on some of the high level stuff, but um, how are cryptocurrencies taxed?
1: Yeah, uh, cryptocurrencies are taxed as property, according to the IRS. Um, IRS first mentioned about this rule in 2014, so this is nothing new. You know, these, these rulings and guidance have been in place since 2014. Uh, what I mean by property is uh, whenever, you, whenever you sell a property, there's always two things. So there's, a, there's a sales price uh, and there's the cost basis, meaning how much you paid for that property. So say that you know you got a bitcoin for ten thousand bucks and you sold it for fifty thousand, you got to pay capital gain taxes based on the difference, which is forty thousand. So um, that's just a very you know high level way of kind of understanding how taxes work for crypto. But there are so many nuances and edge cases. But uh, you know if you make a profit, you got to pay capital gain taxes.
0: So it's the same sort of um, just like stocks. Like if it's if it's within a year, it's a short term gain. If it's more. Um, and I, I'm I'm so out of the tax law We've- No, you,
1: you you're right. It's, the stocks uh, is is a great analogy to use here. Uh, you know, it's just very similar to stocks. Uh, there there are edge cases which I will you know not go into here. But uh, yeah, I mean, if you sell your coin after holding it for less than 12 months, that's considered short-term capital gains. Uh, if it's short-term gains, it's going to get taxed at your ordinary income tax bracket, so just like regular income. Uh, if you sell your coin after holding it for more than 12 months, then you get these preferential tax rates uh, and you could get taxed at either 0%, 15% or the maximum 20%. Okay. Um, is it reported the same way as stocks? Is it is it put on
0: the same schedules? It's reported alongside stock trades?
1: So yeah. Different- so these are reported very, very similar to stocks. Uh, both stocks and cryptocurrencies go on Form 8949 and Schedule D. Um, they're, they're okay. placed in the same place. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha.
0: So what are the things that, you know, for CPAs or in public practice, they're doing tax, tax returns for clients that are trading crypto. What do practitioners need to know to help serve those clients?
1: Yeah, I think the main thing uh, to know is, you know, at a high level, this has nothing to do with accounting. Uh, this, there's a whole industry is is emerging right now. Uh, there's a lot of millennials uh, are investing, uh, you know, money on these, you know, new type of asset class like crypto, Bitcoin, Dogecoin, and etc. Uh, and as these people grow, you know, they're they're going to need these accountants to help with them taxes. And and as accountant, this is this is a, this is an area that we really need to know. Uh, and this is no longer a niche area, especially you know, if you see the tax forms on, on Form you know, 2020, there's a question about virtual currency on the, on the front and center of the Form 1040. So this is how serious the IRS is taking this issue. Um, so yeah, this is not the time for accountants to have a close mind about this because in, when I spoke about this subject you know, several years ago, accounting committee was like, oh, cryptocurrency, it's illegal. You, know, you shouldn't touch it, it's a scam. It, that's not the case. Uh, like for example, uh, several weeks ago, Tesla invested $1.5 billion in, in Bitcoin. And among, uh, you know, there, there were other publicly traded companies who, who invested in Bitcoin. Um, so yeah, at a high level uh, for accounting committee, what I had to say is that, let's just have an open mind, uh, especially when, when serving these clients. And then number two, it's, it's more like a tactical thing. Uh, just, just know some of these nuances that, that I described uh, earlier. Uh, just don't ask for, the, for your client, hey, can you give me a capital gains and loss report or 1099B? Because there's, there's no such a thing in, in cryptocurrency world. Um, you just have to direct your client to, to a tool like CoinTracker or something else that's going to help you reconcile those gains and losses. And, and then you can add those information to the tax return. And, uh, and the other advice uh, along with that is that don't try to do it on an Excel spreadsheet, because especially if your client has so many, uh, you know, exchanges it, it becomes virtually impossible for you to track it, and you can create more value by you know advising the client on certain things versus uh, ticking and tying numbers on excess spreads. So, so those are the two high-level things I would I would tell the yeah. accounting community. Because I mean, some of the, some
0: of the older CPAs I would imagine don't realize how frequent this trading can happen. Like some people who are in crypto, they're trading daily, sometimes multiple times in a day. I would imagine. Is
1: that yeah, that, that, that's that's right. There's uh, and I mean, those are those traders, you know, high frequency traders, they could have you know 100, 200 day, well, you know, trades a day. Uh, but also, the, you, the, you could be somebody who's just having you know maybe two to three trades a day, and some of those trades get executed uh in, in different ways. Say that you want to, you know, you want to sell like one Bitcoin, it's rarely get executed as just one transaction. Typically, what happens is that one Bitcoin. Trade gets, uh, you know, gets executed uh, in, a, in a series of transactions. So uh, on the summation of those transactions would, e- would equal to that one Bitcoin. So in those cases, even though if you're thinking, okay, I just had you know two, two transactions, but if you look at the, the, the reports, uh, there are a series of transactions and each of those transactions has a different you know, sales price and a cost basis because those are executed at slightly different times. So that's why I say mm-hmm. it's, it's impossible for you to figure out uh, gains and losses manually.
0: Yeah. It's um it it can be kind of mind-boggling and I know that, gosh the the fluctuations in the prices I guess it just sort of this is not going to probably stop anytime soon. This this frequency of trading is going to be a continued aspect of crypto, I would imagine. Um what are your personal thoughts about investing in crypto? Like what what cryptos do you like or invest in? I'm I'll 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 go first. So I have a little bit of Ethereum. Mm-hmm. and i have some zrx and i have a little bit of bitcoin cash um, those are the three that i kind of watch but um curious as to your take on
1: yeah uh, I'll, I'll i'll share my you know personal you know investment kind of like thesis um, and by the way this is not investment advice by any means um I think like you said, there's so much fluctuations in in you know the coin prices in this market. Um, and quite frankly, it's very distracting to me to kind of you know open up my portfolio and, and you know see the prices every day okay. because I can create more value by focusing on other stuff that I'm working on, you know, day to day. So what I've learned over the past three to four years is that what works for me is dollar cost averaging. Um, so you allocate certain amount of, uh, you know, money that you're willing to lose or comfortable um, and you buy Bitcoin or whatever the cryptocurrency that you like every week or every month, irrespective of the price. And in the long run, um, you know, you're going to you're going to see you, you, you know, you're going to you're going to do well and um, I have experiences in the first hand. Uh, so that, that's my investment, you know, thesis, you know, without just trying to capture these short term you know, fluctuations
0: yeah don't get caught up in the market just have a be a regular investor and realize you're in a risky asset and don't yeah don't don't bet the house on it
1: (laughs) yeah and then the other thing to note is that you know just know that you your downside is always limited to what you invest so as long as you're willing to lose that and it does not have any significant impact your lifestyle i mean you're fine because your downside is limited your upside is unlimited literally um and Bitcoin and you know crypto in general. This is one of those few assets class where that you could have these, you know, ten x, hundred x, you know, uh, exposure without you having to be an accredited investor, uh, because otherwise, you know, to get these, you know, high multiple returns, you had to be accredited and you had to, you know, invest in private companies, to venture capital funds, and etc. So, so when you think about those things, you know, it, it has the ability to give that you know ten x, hundred x gains, um, and it is also liquid. Unlike you know investing in private markets, yeah. Um, to me, those are two great characteristics to, to invest. Uh, right. But just the amount that you're willing to lose.
0: Right. Exactly. No, I totally agree with that, and I agree with your sentiment that this is not investment advice. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about tax planning strategies for crypto? Any any particular strategies that that you yeah, want to share?
1: There, there's ton. Uh, I'll, I'll just give like you know maybe some simple ones. Then I'll, I'll just briefly mention some advanced one that you can uh, you know have a conversation with your CPA about those things. Uh, I think the simple ones are you know just you know in this industry we call it hodling, meaning uh, you're just holding onto crypto without selling. Uh, just know that what you don't sell, don't get taxed. So you can have a portfolio of you know million dollars or a hundred million dollars and. If you don't sell it, there's no taxes. So that's, that's one, that's, that's the simplest way to do it because literally you don't have to do anything, you just, you're just hodling. Uh, number two, if you really need some liquidity, if you really need to cash out, you can cash out the, the coins which you held for more than 12 months. As I mentioned earlier, those are subject to long-term capital gain taxes which have more favorable rates for you than selling coins uh, which you held for less than 12 months. Uh, and then number three, you know, you could play with these, you know, accounting methods. Uh, you know, there are a bunch of accounting methods. Uh, you know, five for life, for and, and high for five percent for first, first out, life percent for last in first out, and high percent for, for highest in first out. So these accounting methods pretty much dictates which unit of coin you are selling for tax purposes, and that does have a very big impact on your tax bill because. Uh, like for example, if you were to sell the coin which you paid the highest amount for, that reduces your delta, thereby the capital gain taxes. So, if you use something like Coin Tracker, uh, with just a click of a button, you can kind of change the accounting method and and see the impact that has on your tax bill. So those are the three simple things that you can do. Um, if you want to talk about the advanced strategies, you know there is ways that you can collateralize your crypto and get some you know cash. So that's a great way to access. Uh, liquidity without triggering a taxable event. You can roll over your gains in the opportunity zones, um, and you can donate cryptocurrency to to get a deduction. Um, mm-hmm. there, there's so many depending on your tax profile. Yeah. Yeah. Are you seeing a lot of charities accepting
0: crypto now? Is that is that becoming a, a more popular?
1: Yeah, I, I've seen I've seen a big improvement in that space, uh, and also there are companies that that help charities uh, kind of accept, uh, uh cryptocurrency as a donation. So these are companies that stay in between the donor and the donnie and these companies provide that technology layer for the charities. So with just a click of a button, uh, you know, these companies, you know, process the payments and everything, and, and then, you know, then the charity gets a donation. So I've seen an improvement, but, you know, there's, but obviously it's not like huge, but the, it's trending upward in my opinion.
0: Yeah. Have you seen anybody put crypto into like a retirement account so that you can trade tax free? Yeah.
1: So actually, that's one. Uh, you know, one thing that I forgot to mention in the tax planning side of things. Um, yeah. So the self-directed IRAs can hold cryptocurrencies, uh, and if you Google companies, uh, you know, self-directed IRA for crypto, you're going to see a bunch of companies offering these services. Uh, pretty much, you're you know either rolling over your existing. Brought the regular IRA into one of these, you know, self-directed IRAs, and then you're buying your crypto inside the, you know, custodian account, uh, and pretty much your gains are tax sheltered until until your retirement. So it's a great way to save for your retirement without having to pay taxes.
0: Now, can you can you um, could you open theoretically? Could you open a crypto uh, like a Coinbase account within a retirement account so that you could do if you were doing that frequent trading? Could you do it within that? Is that, is
1: that a possibility? Um, not that I know of. I think the the general workflow is that you set up an account with one of these custodians, and some these custodians are connected to major exchanges like Coinbase and Exchange uh, and Gemini. Uh, and then you got to do the trading through this custodian account. Uh, and it, it's very similar to you're doing a direct trade on Coinbase, but the workflow is that you got to do the trading through that custodian account.
0: And then they just use Coinbase as a backend Correct. application sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, how do you think it's going to impact, how is this going to impact um, different industries? Like when I went, so, so to give you some background on sort of one of the things that I got a great deal of crypto information on was I went to an event in Toronto, Canada that was put on by EO, which is Entrepreneurs Organization, and they had a um, someone who'd been very involved in the crypto industry back, you know, when it was being created. Um, and she indicated this 20-year span um, where, you know, she kind of likened it to the internet. So you had, when the internet was first sort of out there, um, it, it was really clunky at first. Like it was horrible, you know, you'd have this dial up connection, and it would take a page on the web would take, you know, two minutes to load. And I think that's where the whole surfing the web came from, because you felt like you're waiting for a wave, you know, um, <laughs> you're waiting for that information. And so the promise of the internet initially was like all these great things, but it took 20 years to actually realize it. And she was saying that that cryptocurrency may have a similar sort of cycle and we're probably about this was back in 17 she's like we're maybe halfway through that cycle and the promise of it is you're going to have these smart contracts you're going to have these you know it's going to it's going to change the banking industry um but that's going to take time um what do you think what do you see this doing to the accounting industry
1: yeah uh the, the cycle, just to kind of touch on that, uh, a lot of people think that Bitcoin is the very first cryptocurrency, but that's not the case. Uh, there were other cryptocurrencies like, you know, Big Gold, DigiCash, that were invented in actually 1990s and 1991, uh, and then it, they never, you know, took off. So Bitcoin, you know, came into the circulation around 2009, 2010. So that itself is a is a 20 year cycle, you know, from DigiCash to Bitcoin. And now Bitcoin, I mean, now we are in, what, 2021. Now we are seeing other improvements uh, in the DeFi, you know, decentralized finance, there's other coins like Ethereum, uh, NFTs, and et cetera. Um, yeah, I mean, this, this technology, you know, they, they take time. You know, that, that's why, you know, you need to, if you're investing in this thing, you need to expand your time horizon. And when you expand your time horizon, and, you know, in 10 years, you look back and all, all of a sudden you look like a genius because unlike other people who are trying to, Profit out of these, you know, short short-term fluctuations. You are investing for the five, you know, ten years. And if you ask anybody who invested in, uh, you know, Bitcoin around 2010, 2011, you know, which is eleven years ago, they're you know multimillionaires because they were they were seeing this today, uh, you know, ten years ago. So that's the kind of like the mindset that you need to have. Uh, I mean, think the second part of the question, you know, what kind of impact this could have on the accounting industry. Um, I mean, right now, I, I, I don't see a ton of impact on, you know, blockchain technology. Um, I mean, obviously, there, there have been busts and there's conversations around, you know, how you can use blockchain to, you know, make financial statements, you know, easy to audit and, and et cetera. Uh, again, I, I haven't seen those things, things being adopted in, in real world today because uh, when it comes to compliance side of things, it, it hasn't reached uh, that level yet uh there's the technologies are they're they're trying to solve like you know, other problems like you know how can we open up the uh, you know lending system to people without credit how can we send money from one person to another but while paying the least amount of taxes and uh, least amount of transaction fees and et etc so those are the problems that are being focused as a as a community right now um i haven't seen a lot of uh, you know impacts uh, in the accounting field
0: okay um well this has been really eye opening. I mean we've had quite quite this is an interesting topic. It's such an interesting technology and an interesting investment. Um I want to kind of go to sort of a couple of questions just that I like to ask of all of our guests and uh one of those questions is books. If if you're going to recommend one book to our listeners, what would that be?
1: Uh I mean there's you know a lot of good books um I think if you're really into building entrepreneurship and, you know, building these, you know, multi-billion dollar companies, I would read uh, Zero to One uh, by Peter Thiel. Um, yeah, I think that would give you a good start. Interesting. All right.
0: Um, what's one bit of advice, guidance, or life lesson would you like to
1: share with our audience? Um, I would say, you know, just, just, just think long term. Uh, I know it's easy to say, uh, and we get distracted by these you know, short-term things, um, think long-term. And if you look at all these you know, multi, you know, billionaires and people who have changed the world uh, and, and who are in the process of changing the world, these are the people who think in five, 10-year you know, time horizons. And for them, you know, even five years could be short-term. I'm talking about Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, and et cetera. So think long-term. Um, when you think long-term and, and expand your time horizon when it comes to decision-making, all of a sudden, you're going to become a genius, but it's going to take time, but definitely you will be a genius.
0: Yeah, that's cool. That's great advice. Um, so, Sean, how can people best uh, follow you and connect with you?
1: Yeah, I'm very active on Twitter. Uh, my handle is pretty easy to remember. It's at the Crypto CPA, uh, and I'm also on LinkedIn and and feel free to Google me, you know, Shihan Chandrasekhar or just Shihan Forbes, and you're going to see my Forbes column and all the connections to my, uh, you know, social handles. Uh,
0: okay, great. We'll post that on the um, blog page as well when we when we post this podcast. And uh, um, well, Shihan, thank you so much for your time and your insights. Uh, I'm, I'm, this is such a fun topic and a, a, a cool topic, and now it's really impacting the CPA industry. Um you know, with this taxation. So I'm sure you'll have uh, a busy schedule for years to come. Yeah, I I hope so. And, and uh, thank you for having
1: me. All right.
0: Thanks for listening to the accountant's flight plan podcast. If you like what you heard today, please follow us so that you can get updates when new episodes are released and share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. You can also follow Pogroup advisors on social media. Please visit our website for more information at pogroupadvisors.com.